We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I am your host today, Jared Timms, and I am joined alongside my co-host, my partner in crime, Nate Green. Nate, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Jared. How about you? I'm doing pretty well myself. I'm excited. It's Friday. Happy Friday to you and everybody listening to this. And I'm excited because Shohei Otani won the AL MVP. No surprise here. Honestly, one of the best seasons that we've seen in quite some time. Most historic season. I think, I, I don't know if it's the best, right? We, we can't say it's the best, right, Nate? No. No. I, I think we're in agreement there. I think we're going to get a lot of heat for that, like, because he had a hell of a season. He, he really, really did. But, you know, what he did was historic. You know, it wasn't one of the best seasons of all time. I mean, it was historic. It was, it was unbelievable. You know, we're probably not going to see it again, not even out of him. The fact that, you know, we, we, what were we talking about at the beginning of the season? 25 and 10? And he just... Yeah, goal 25 bombs and 10 wins yeah and, and we said like oh he's gonna you know win the mvp that way and and uh maybe not even win the mvp we said he was gonna be in on it and you know ended up with what 46 and 9 i think it was yes something like correct. yeah and that's a that's a damn good season so tip the cap to shohei otani for a fantastic season so give me one word to describe this season that i haven't used so you can't use historic because i i used it Kind of putting me on the spot here. I know this isn't our normal thing, but can you think of a word? Legendary. Ooh, good one. I like it. I like it. So, yeah, I, I honestly, like, we didn't really need to dive deep into Shohei Otani winning winning the uh, MVP. He absolutely deserved it. He went 30 of 30 with the votes. He had the most historic season in baseball history. He, he was just unbelievable. Most valuable player. I mean, I guess actually, you know, as we're as we're talking about this, and, and we always fly by the seat of our pants here, what what does MVP mean to you? That that'll kind of be our first question of the day. What what does MVP mean to you? And I know there's different thoughts thought processes on this, but what does it mean? I think it, it really means the most valuable player in the league. So, well, yes, it, obviously it's the most valuable MVP. Like, 
Well, hold on, hold on. Let me get to, to my point here. Um, I, I think in order to be valuable to a team, you have to um, bring something that without you, the, the team would not have. And, you know, you, you look at, like, Simeon and Vlad Guerrero Jr. Like, Vlad Guerrero Jr. to your, uh, 2020, he was not a um, – Vlad Guerrero in 2020 had a down year, and the Blue Jays were still a playoff team. They didn't have Marcus Simeon, still a playoff team. They they get a really good Vlad Guerrero Jr., and they get Marcus Simeon, and still not a playoff team. So – you look at Shohei Otani, he loses Mike Trout, he loses Anthony Rendon, and he allows the Angels to stay alive a lot longer than a team without Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, or without Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon should be. So I, I think that's a big thing. I'm a huge believer in a playoff guy if the numbers are close, and I don't think the numbers were close enough in the American League to give it to a playoff guy. I think the numbers were close enough in the National League to give it to a playoff guy, but we can get on to that topic later. Yeah, it, I, I like that thought process. I, I really do. I think we haven't seen it in the AL for a while because Mike Trout's been the greatest, you know, and, and deservingly so has won the MVP that many times. So, I, I mean, three times, obviously, but I, I just think it's, I think it's interesting. It's an interesting conversation because it means a little different to everybody, obviously. But yeah, for for me, MVP has to be, you know, wh- whoever brings the most value statistically to a team. You know, th- that doesn't mean they need to be a winning team. Obviously, we know that, and we have a good argument with Mike Trout and Shohei Otani not being on the best of teams, you know, record-wise. But yeah, you know, I- I'm with it. Do you think it makes a difference for for Cy Young, Nate? No, no, I don't, I don't think winning team has anything to do with Cy Young. Actually. I would say the worse team you're on, the better your odds are, actually. If you can put up good good numbers on a bad team, we've seen it. Zach Greinke's won it. Felix Hernandez has won it. Uh, Jacob deGrom has won it. We've seen it a lot of times where, honestly, the team doesn't matter. It's all about numbers, and that is it. Because, you know, Cy Young is just the best pitcher. It doesn't matter what, what your record is. It doesn't matter uh, if you're a playoff team or not. It's just... Who had the best numbers? Really good ERA, um, good WAR for pitchers. In your case, strikeouts, innings pitched. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you on that one as well. I, I I'm not a huge fan of uh, what took place in the Cy Young voting this year. I think that other players definitely deserved it more so. But again, I don't have a vote, so we can blame those who did have a vote. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't have a. I really don't. Didn't care too much about the Cy Youngs when it was all said and done, because I mean there was an angel in it at the end of the day, and minus Rysela Iglesias, who did get a, a fifth place vote by um, by the uh, Kansas City Royals writer. I can't remember his name, but yeah, uh, AP writer for Kansas City Royals. It, it good good for him though, you know, at the end of the day. But yeah, Shohei Otani MVP, no doubt about it. I, I like I said, I don't. We don't need to get into this too much. We knew he was going to win MVP. <clears throat> Excuse me. We saw him win. We saw him play all season. I mean, he was he was absolutely unbelievable all year. 
and I'm excited to see what he can bring to the table with a healthy Mike Trout and a healthy Anthony Rendon and some more hopefully healthy pieces, Noah Syndergaard as well. So, guys, thanks so much for listening to this podcast here at Talking Halos, making us the best Angels podcast out there. I truly do believe it. So thank you so very much for that. If you could, leave us a review, whether it's good or bad. Let us know what we can do better. Let us know what you like so we can really pinpoint that one down. If you could, follow us on Twitter at Talking Halos. You can follow myself on Twitter at Jared underscore Tims, and you can follow Nate on Twitter at NateGreen34. All right, let's get on to what we really want to talk about, and let's continue to talk about it. We, we mentioned Noah Syndergaard right before, you know, we had to do all that fun stuff. But Noah Syndergaard, you know, we, we just saw Justin Verlander sign, re-sign with the Houston Astros for one year, $25 million. He got a second uh, year player option, I believe, for another $25 million. So my first question to you, Nate, is looking at the Verlander deal, does it make you feel a little bit better? No, he got the he got the extra year, and the option is a big big deal um, in this in this. And you heard a Verlander talk about it. He felt a sort of loyalty to Houston, which I understand. Um, a team who made a made a big transaction to go and get you, you pitch pretty well for them, and then um, you tear your UCL, and they they still offered you a big contract. So I can understand the loyalty there, um, especially getting paid the big money his last year where everyone knew he wasn't going to pitch. And so, yeah, it was, I understand the loyalty thing. And, um, yeah, the, the second year is the biggest issue, honestly, like the fact that he was able to get another option out of this to, to go back to Houston is why I'm not as thrilled as I would be like, I've said this multiple times. I've, I've talked to many people who are like, hey, how do you feel about this signing? And the biggest thing to me is the one year. Like, that's great. If if he's really good, Noah Syndergaard's really good, what happens if the Angels aren't? Like, just because Noah Syndergaard is good does not mean the Angels are going to be good. And, yes, we've got to take risks. I understand that. But let's take some risks that are going to help us in the future and not like, oh, we've got to win – right now which i understand we we do need to win right now but it's really hard asking a guy coming off tommy john to who actually really hadn't had the best control in in baseball beforehand and knowing that's going to be the last thing to come back after tj um he could struggle he could but he also could be really really good um and just because he's really good doesn't mean the Angels are going to be good. You've got Patrick Sandoval who's going to have to take that next step. you got Reed Detmers who's going to have to take that next step. Uh, Jose Suarez is going to have to take that next step. Possibly Griffin Canning. Like, there's a bunch of question marks in this rotation. Whether we go get another guy or not, like, we're, we're going to have question marks basically throughout this entire rotation unless we go get a, a, a real number one. Absolutely. Uh, I think the Angels definitely need to go get that for sure guy who's going to give you 150 plus innings. Like you don't have that guy right now that we know is going to give us 150 plus innings. I'm worried about the end of the season at the moment, you know, like who's going to finish off games or who's going to start games when, when at the end of the season. It, it We saw it last year. So Nate, I think this is the first time we've disagreed on something. <laughs> I this the Verlander signing makes me feel a lot better. There's no way on God's green earth I'm giving I'm giving Justin Verlander 
25 million a year coming off of Tommy John knowing what we know about Tommy John you know the the Tommy John experts here in in Anaheim because of all the Tommy John surgeries the angels have gone through I, there's no way on God's green earth that it's going to happen I don't I, I I understand it from a Houston standpoint the loyalty and everything like that but I I this the Verlander deal makes me feel a lot better because if you know if Verlander got 25 a year from Houston, what did he ask for from the Angels? 30? You know, like, I, 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 like, oh, I, that would have been, that would have been somewhat of a nightmare in my opinion. You know, if the Angels would have taken, I, I, I'll take the one-year deal on Scherzer over the two for 50, technically, is what it's going to end up being, for, for Justin Verlander at age 39. You know, I, I, I'll take that. I'm still not happy about losing the draft pick. And I'm still not happy about losing international money for a one-year deal. So be it. You know, it makes me this. You know what? You know what the Scherzer thing makes me feel like? It makes me feel like the Kevin Maite. Was it Kevin Maiton? No, it wasn't. It was um, oh blank. Roberto Baldacchin. The Roberto Baldacchin oh. deal. When the Angels went out and signed Roberto Baldacchin, and and this has nothing to do with his performance because Roberto Baldacchin was supposed to be a dude and you know he just never produced into that and, and so be it you know that's the risk you take with with signing guys at, at such a young age it, it happens but the angels went out and signed roberto baldacchin and went over the international spending limit giving them a huge tax hit and such like that they should have just went all in and, and continued and just signed international players they stopped signing international players at that point after they got baldacchin that's what scares me the most is that the angels are just going to stop signing guys after signing after signing Syndergaard here, you know, I'm not saying that the angels need to go all in by any means, but you definitely need to go out and put some pieces around, around Syndergaard or else this is one of those times where I look at it and it's like, sheesh, you know, Artie's, Artie's, you know, looking for fans, which it's a business thing. And I, and I totally understand that, you know, you got to put butts in seats and, and that's totally fine. But you know, we're, we, we'd like to see a winner. I think a lot of fans would like to see a winner. I think that's a great way to put butts in seats. So yeah, I, I um, it makes me feel a little bit better rather than giving him. I I wouldn't have given. I would have felt the same for giving, uh, Cindergard two for fifty. I, I I I would have still been upset. That's a lot of money to give somebody coming off Tommy John. I don't care about the age. I don't care about the upside. You know, that's that that's a lot to do. So let's look at the rotation, Nate. What do you what what do we think right now? I think we you kind of mentioned it right now. A little bit with Sandoval and Otani and Syndergaard. Those are my three guys in. I think there's three spots left. What do you What do you think right now? Yeah, and I mean, I think the way that Joe talked about Jose Suarez to end last year, he's going to be in there mm-hmm. uh, unless there's a trade with with his name in there. But I, I think Suarez is going to be in there, so that would be four. Um, it would be really hard to say Griffin Canning is not in there as of right now, depending on how he comes back and everything. And then that leaves Reed Detmers. And, you know, it's kind of one of those things where if he wasn't ready to, to start this year, why did you bring him up last year? You know, in a time where maybe we didn't, maybe we wanted to see where he was at, but he, he's got to be ready. Like, that's a guy that the Angels were not in it when he got called up. Like, he's got to be 100% ready. So I think that's that's the six right now. Um I could easily see a couple trades being happen where you know maybe Suarez or Canning are moved for other pieces that the Angels need, but right now I think those are the six. Yeah, I have it at three right now. You can add a fourth in if with uh, with 
Suarez at the five spot because I definitely think what he showed at the end of the season last year, you, you got to consider it. I don't think it actually, you know, is set in stone, but you have to consider it for sure. And I think you have to consider Reed Detmer. So if you told me right now the Angels were one, like we're just going to get one more starter, and that starter, you know, I, 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 I don't know who you go get. There's a plethora of starters you can you can go go look at, but. Yeah, if you told me the Angels were one starter away from, you know, having a set in stone rotation that is actually kind of decent, you know, like I'm, I, I'm all for that. I'm, I'm with it. You know, I, I'm a, I'm a believer in that rotation, that, that six that they would put out there. I think that you need somebody that's going to for sure give you 150 innings though. I think that's like, I, I think that at the moment, Alex Cobb has to kind of be off the table. Unfortunately, I know he had a fantastic season for the Angels, but you know, he hasn't, how many times has he thrown over 150 innings in his career? Twice, three times, I think, is is, is what it was. And that hasn't happened since 2016, 17, something like that. So I'm, I, I don't think it would be Alex Cobb. I know everybody, you know, has talked about Alex Cobb. And that's going to bring us actually to one of our one of our questions. So I don't think I should talk about Alex Cobb, Cobb too much. But yeah, you know, I, I think that they are one starting pitcher away at the moment from being a complete starting rotation. I just think it needs to be somebody that, you know, can throw deep into games. So anything else you got on this before we get to some Q&A? No, let's get on to Q&A because I know there are some questions. I don't want to uh, want to step on any of these questions yet. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you on that as well. So first question comes from Scott and the kid. Sorry, Scott and the kid. I can't see what your username is, but funny that we mentioned Alex Cobb because it's the first question on there. Still a solid chance of re-signing Cobb, or is the ship about to leave the harbor? I like the way he worded that. You know, it kind of threw me for a twist there. But, I mean, I think, you know, my what where I'm at with Alex Cobb at the moment, you know, I think that if some pieces get traded, it's it's a little bit different. But I think right now you, you have to look for a starter who's going to get you deep into games and, and throw 150-plus innings. Right, Nate? Absolutely. I think the biggest thing is not necessarily getting deep into the game which we love to see our starters go deep in the game. Uh, but, like, to be available every six day, and I think that's something that Cobb has not been in a while, is just available. And we talked about it to uh, end the year. The teams who were successful in the postseason had their guys available. You know, what, whether Charlie Morton got hurt in game one of the World Series, he was still available until then, and the dude was pitching on a, on a broken leg. So... That was, that was kind of the key thing is can you have three to four starters available come postseason time? And I think that's what you're looking for is a dude who's going to be available every sixth or seventh day and going to go out there and throw um, quality innings for you. Absolutely. And and this is where the – and I know that our listeners don't want to hear it again, but you know the trade Otani thing really comes into play. I know he just won MVP and he this, that, and another. Fantastic. But I, it's it's tough. You know, I'd rather roll in with a five five man rotation without Shohei Otani and get yourself a lot of depth, rather than you know having Otani in there because you just it's a big question mark. Syndergaard's a question mark. Detmers is a question mark. Suarez is a question mark. Canning question mark. I mean, the whole rotation right now is question marks. Like you you, you don't know. You need something for sure at the end of the day. So great question, Scott and kid. So next question or I guess comment comes from D Ocho. 831. A little bit of a long one here, so hang in there with me, guys. A concern with the Noah Syndergaard contract is that it still means Artie, Artie's controlling what type of contract 
he's willing to give pitchers, i.e. the one-year deals. I get that Thor is the best one-year we've had, just concerned that Artie still doesn't want to spend on starting pitcher, no matter what the GM. What do we think of that, Nate? It's really hard to disagree with him. I mean, we, we've looked at the, the trend for a long time, and it's one-year deal to starting pitchers. And you hear the, the rumors swirling right now. The Angels are interested in arms for short-term deals. And, yeah, I, I think that that is something that's going to get brought up is does Artie want to give people multi-year deals and – how many years is he willing to go? Is he willing to go three, four, five, or is he only willing to go one or two? And I don't know what what the reason is for it. I, I'd be interested to hear um, the Angels come out and say, "Hey, the reason why we only want to give guys one to two years is because of this." And I'd be fine with it if there's a, a logical reason. But you know, um, if it's just something where it's like, well, you know. Every year, there's always going to be a pitcher we can get on a one-year deal. I don't know if that's a good enough reason for me. So I, it's hard to hard to disagree with him. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm with him on there too. You know, I, I um, I'd be lying to you if I said I didn't ask and see ask around and say, you know, hey, does Artie only do one-year contracts? I, I would be lying to you if I didn't ask that. And um, you know, it, it it's uh, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting concept. I don't know if it's Artie. I really don't. Like I can't. I couldn't tell you. It's just, it is. Uh, it is weird that Noah Syndergaard came on with a one-year contract. Though, one thing to remember is that Noah Syndergaard did want a one-year contract just to see, you know, because I mean, you look at what we wanted to give him, which was three years for fifty million. Good, you know, it's a good deal. But if Noah Syndergaard has another good season, he's age thirty, if I'm not mistaken, a free agent again, and can possibly sign a five-year deal. You know, you're looking at. At some guys, a five for who knows what it could be. You know, five for 125, five for 150. I mean, the, the sky's the limit with this guy. If he has a hell of a year when, you know, as a Cy Young finalist, I mean, he could he could get some serious, serious money. So, yeah, I, um, I, I'm i intrigued. I'm intrigued. I, I don't know if this was necessarily as Artie's doing, necessarily Artie's doing, but it is the big name. You know, that that's that's what it is at the end of the day. I mean, to be fair, this is probably one of the biggest names you could get on this free agent market unless it's Max Scherzer, you know? So, great, great comment. I don't know if it was really a question, but great comment. Really enjoyed it. So, next question comes from, oh, I'm going to butcher this one, Rasta Cole. Cole Rasta? I don't know if that's your last name, but next question comes from him. Do you think Marcus Stroman is a good fit? That's the first part of his question. We, we can answer this together. And then he comments Justin Upton, Brandon Marsh, and a pitching prospect for Brian Reynolds from the Pirates. So let's start with the first one. Marcus Stroman, Nate, good fit, yes or no? I don't think he's a good fit, honestly. I think um, when it comes to his his clubhouse mannerisms, the things that we've seen, I don't want to call him Trevor Bauer because I don't think he's that extreme, but it's going to be something similar to that. And I, I think that that's not good for the Angels clubhouse. I think they need a leader. Um, Thor could be a leader in the locker room, which is going to be huge. And I think they got to go get one more guy who's going to be um, either a lead by example guy or maybe even just a, a veteran who, who can lead the starting staff. And I just don't feel Marcus Stroman is that guy. I know Marcus Stroman is a, another big name. He's got 
um, the pedigree of being a, a very good pitcher uh, in the American League and the National League, but it, it just, I don't know, there, there's a lot of question marks for me with him. He's been very good. Um, he has not always been healthy. Um, and, and I don't know, it's just not a good fit for me, in my opinion. Is he the right pitcher? Yes, absolutely. I think if you can get a Marcus Stroman pitcher, absolutely. Now you bring up the clubhouse, you know, and and everything. I don't know, you know that that's that's big question mark. And you, I mean, you mentioned it. it's not Trevor Bauer, you know how we were we were absolutely out on Trevor Bauer because of the because of the clubhouse and, and such like that. I, I think that Marcus Stroman brings a certain type of flair, you know, that's good. You know, it's something something that the Angels, you know, want and and the Angels have definitely talked to Marcus Stroman. They've talked to every pitcher. We everybody knows this, hundred percent. And I, I think that he's a good fit. I do I, I do worry about the clubhouse a little bit, but I, I, I think he's the right guy. I, I do. I, I really, really do think he's a good fit uh, when it's all said and done. I, I do worry about it. Like I said, the clubhouse, just a hair, but good fit, yes, for sure. And as far as that trade goes, I, I'm I'm with it, you know, but I, I don't know if the... I don't know if the Pirates would be with that trade. I think you'd have to throw in a Reed Detmers and probably another piece to get Brian Reynolds. He's, he's a pretty damn good baseball player, right? Yeah, absolutely. I don't think the Pirates do that, especially um, part one. They, they're not taking Justin Upton's contract. They, they don't pay anyone in Pittsburgh right now. And part two, Justin Upton doesn't take that because Justin Upton has to um, agree to hit based on his no-trade clause. Yeah. And then, honestly, like you're trading Brandon Marsh for, for Brian Reynolds, and it's like, pretty similar players in the Pirates' eyes. Like, they get a couple more years of a Brian Reynolds type of guy, but if you're the Pittsburgh GM, that's the guy you want to build around. He's 25, 26 years old, I believe, maybe turning 27 this year. And um, if I'm the new GM of the Pittsburgh Pirates, which, Ben, it's his first full year, I guess, second year, um, he really wants to build around someone, and Reynolds is going to be the guy. Yeah, the Pirates are going to be good. Pretty soon, you know, they, they have a damn good farm system, in my opinion. So kind of watch out for them here in the upcoming years, you know. But, but yeah, I, I think something funny that you mentioned and, and we talked about it off the record was uh, was the salary. I think that Justin Upton becomes a hotter commodity after this lockout that's going to happen. And I think we can just kind of leave it at that. So <laughs> next question comes from Watch Your Lips Meet. Fantastic, love it. He says, I think... Signing Iglesias, Corey Kniebel, and Joe Kelly is doable. What do you think? Nate, what do you think? Is it doable? Absolutely it's doable. I mean, the Angels still have a good amount of money left, probably $40, 50000000 million, depending on how much Artie wants to spend, as little as $30 million. So it's easily doable. Is it the right move? Um, for me personally, I think that we saw success by signing some minor league deals when it comes to the relief pitching market. And they had similar similar numbers to guys like Joe Kelly and Corey Knable. I mean, um, Tony Watson got you a decent prospect in return for him. And so I, I just don't see the point in, in going big because Joe Kelly's not going to take a minor league deal. Um, and, and I don't see Corey Knable taking a minor league deal after the year he had in L.A. So if, if the Angels don't get a closer and Knable's still out there – and you can get them, you know, two or three years for 10, 15 million. Like, 
five mil a year or something like that, like, yeah, it makes sense. He's, he could be a, a pretty good closer for you. But as a setup guy, um, hoping that Iglesias comes back or something like that, it, it just feels like too much money for a guy who, boom or bust, honestly, when it comes to relief pitchers. Yeah, uh, the biggest thing for us, I think, is the bullpen's volatile. You you just don't know. I th- I like the Angels' bullpen. I think it's young. I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of talent with what they can use. I just don't know. At the end of the day, you know, like how long, how good, you know. There, there's only one guy on the. There's only one player on the market that I would want. And I don't even know if you can consider it on the market. Um, that's that's um, that's Craig Kimbrell. You know, if if you're gonna get somebody, go get Craig Kimbrell. You know, go. Uh, Take on some of his salary and 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 do that, you know. I'm I'm not even in on the Rysel Iglesias, you know, because of how volatile it is. I am all for, and people are gonna hate this one. I'm all for signing, you know, the 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 minor league deals, the one year contracts for bullpen, and and hoping it works out. And you know, if you need to go make a trade at the deadline, go ahead and do it, you know, because th- those those guys are always out there, hundred percent. I think that's I think the bullpen's the easiest and the hardest thing to build, if that makes sense. So Absolutely. there's one other guy that I'd be wanting to go get, and that's Josh Hader. His name is going to float out there with the Brewers possibly looking to trade um, Hader for some offensive help. So I would always be in on Josh Hader, yeah. and I'm still good with Russell Iglesias. I just don't see it happening with the way that this offseason has started. Yeah, uh, I'm with you on that. It's it'll be interesting with Iglesias. I don't, I don't know where he goes from here. I really don't. I don't have an answer for you on that one. But good question. Next question comes from Nathan Davis. He asks if the Halos are focused on starting pitching and relief pitching, rightly so. What options are realistically out there after the big five four five? After out after out there after the big four five. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that's just coming from a, a starting pitching standpoint. The big four or five, like Robbie Ray, Max Scherzer, um, I, I guess Verlander could be in that, but oh. nevertheless. Yep, no, I get the question now. It took me a second, man. I'm, I'm slow today. The full day of work gets me. But <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I I don't know. You know, I think that anybody's realistic at the moment if, if Artie wants to go out there and spend the money. I do. I think that anybody... Anybody who's on the market, whether it's a shortstop, whether heck even an outfielder, I don't know, man. Like it, it, it becomes starts becoming really, really interesting. So, good question. Next question comes from Halos Jam Tune Jam. Um, he says, name three free agents or she, sorry, name three free agents you believe the Halos will pick up. Also, love the podcast. Well, thank you for that, Nate. Three free agents that you think the Angels will pick up this off season. This is so hard because um, there's a free agent I want, and it's John Gray. I, I Looking at the way things are going, I don't see it. Um, he, from what I'm hearing with you know the Angels wanting to get a, a one-year contract type of guy, I could see them go get Rich Hill. That's one guy I could see them go get. Um, again, Freddie Galvis. I, I've mentioned his name a lot, Jonathan Br. Um, one of those two guys, I think, makes a lot of sense for shortstop as long as they're not in the Carlos Correa, Corey Seager market. Obviously, would not be shocked if they if they end up with Corey Seager either. Um, so those, I guess, those three names would be possible. But if you're going to put those into two, um, the last name I could see them going to get is Kirby Yates. I mean, we've talked about it a couple times, Kirby Yates 
possibly another guy coming off an arm injury, but if he takes a minor league deal, that's a risk that uh, I think you and I are willing to take. Yeah, yeah, I, um, I'm with Kirby Yates for sure. I, I, I like it. I think that, again, coming off an arm injury, you can probably get on a minor league deal. Um, I'm going to go a completely random direction with these as I'm looking through minor league, uh, as I'm looking through free agents. Kendall Graveman in the bullpen. I think he's he, he can work in the bullpen. Uh, who is my next guy? Zach Greinke, because he's going to give you innings. Eh, let's let's scratch that. Let's go Steven Matz, because I think he can give you innings. I don't know how many in, innings he pitched, but it feels like somebody that's going to give you innings. And then I'll, I'll start the train. Go get Corey Seager. Go, uh, go get your shortstop of the future. Don't have to worry about shortstops for another eight years or so. I'm I'm all for that. I think that's the first position you need to build around. So you're to hear first. The Angels are going to go at Corey Seager. I don't know if it's going to actually going to happen, but uh, yeah, you never know, right? So great question there. Appreciate the comment as well. So next question comes from Ryan Pierce. What would a Chris Bassett or Frankie Montas trade cost the Angels? Oh man, I this is this is tough. I think it starts with um, either either or Brandon Marsh or Joe Adele. I think it starts there. And it, and it goes on from there. I, I don't know what it goes with. I, I Chris Bassett's one of the best pitchers in, in the American League, uh, bar none. And I, I really like Chris Bassett. I, I would love for the Angels to go get Bassett. I think he's a phenomenal pitcher. It's funky. You know, you don't know where it's coming from. I do worry about arm injuries with Bassett, though. Same same with Montez, Montez. I I think they both... Montez has had an arm injury, correct? Shoulder? Am I missing... Am I he, thinking of somebody else? He's on the, the, the IL for it, but it's never like been surgical. Yeah. Well, I mean, regardless, I think it starts with, with somebody you're not paying a lot a lot of money to. Um, the, A's views player, the A's view players differently. That's that's for sure. So I don't know. I think it's, I think it has to start with, with Adele uh, or Detmers or Bachman or Marsh, and, and it kind of you probably have to pick two of those guys, to be honest. So I, I think I, you're one high. I think I'm a little high on that. I, I I like Bassett. I think, like I said, he's one of the best pitchers in the game. Hi, Bassett only has one year left of team control. So knowing that, and knowing that the A's want to get cheaper, I don't think it's that high. I think maybe uh, Jeremiah Jackson is is a possibility. Um, Luis Rangifo is a possibility. Um, I I think that it's probably one of those two guys, and then another younger prospect like um, fringe like top thirty guy. Hmm. Uh, just because he only has one year left. Montez would be a little bit more, obviously, because he's going to be, I think he has three more years left of team control, two and a half. Um, I think this could be his first year of arbitration. So that could be a, a little bit more like a Kyron Paris or um, maybe a, a Jordan Adams, um, something like that. Maybe even a Jose Suarez, Griffin Canning could possibly be in there. Um Reed Detmers, all those guys are possible. Just name off um, more top 30 prospects for me, Nate. I, I'm just naming the four pitchers that could go this year. Like, I I would not be shocked if Davis Daniel. any of them get traded, honestly. But yeah. I, Montez is a completely different story. I think Bassett's a little bit cheaper. He's only got one year left to team control. Oakland's going to want to get him off the books and, and find a replacement for him right away. Yeah, Oakland's an interesting story, like they are all, all off-season, every off-season, should I say. So, great question. Last question goes to Obscure Reference, Jason Persson. I, I can't see it. Sorry, man. <laughs> uh, what is your realistic, ideal rest of the off-season, and how close will already get to luxury tax? I, I think I think a lot of people know what our what it is. I think 
let's just say an eight. I think Corey Seager's got to include in that, like, or, or a shortstop, a legitimate shortstop, big name shortstop, whether it's Trevor Simeon or Trevor Simeon. Wow. Um, <laughs> uh, not, not the quarterback, Trevor Simeon. Um, whether it's Trevor Story, Marcus Simeon, uh, Corey Seager, I, I think that's your ideal off season uh, for, for me, you know, is going to get another offensive piece at shortstop. And then, uh, and then another pitcher, you know, I think that, I think that doesn't put you quite at the luxury tax, but I think it puts you close and then you can go get a bunch of, a bunch of, uh, minor league deals in, in the bullpen. I think that's pretty, pretty fair. And I think it's actually kind of realistic too, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think the, the two names, like realistically, I could see the angels going to get Corey Seager, obviously. And then John Gray is a guy that, you know, Jared and I talk about a lot. I, I push the John Gray train. Uh, a lot, and if that's a guy that you go get, I he he could easily be very very high reward for for not as much of a risk as people think. So obviously they gotta get some minor league free agents in the bullpen, maybe pick up a backup catcher, minor league free agent like we've talked about. But I think that's a real really realistic uh, off season for the Angels to to focus around John Gray and Corey Seager. And then I think they, they'll be close to the 190 to 200 mark. Uh, 210 is the, the max that you can get before you're above the luxury luxury tax. So I see them being around that 190, 195 uh, if already opens up the pocket for Corey Seager. I think he'll go a little bit higher to make sure he gets Corey Seager. Yeah, I, it, it's going to be interesting. Like I said, expect the least expected when it comes to the Angels. So, guys, thanks so much for listening to this podcast here, Talking Halos. Really do appreciate it. If you could leave, it, leave us a review, subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to it as well. If you want to come on for Talking to Fans, you know, shoot us a message at Talking Halos or at myself at Jared underscore Tims or at Nate at NateGreen34. And don't forget to follow us there, guys. So have a great day, have a great weekend, and we'll see you guys on Monday. <laughs> Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.